Hello. Hey, Marilyn. How are you? Good afternoon, Dan. I'm very well. Good. I'm a little bit winded. What were you running? Mm, no. I had a breakfast sandwich that was very hearty. Ah, so you're sort of digesting it. Uh... Yeah, I, re- I guess I am. I guess I'm digesting it. Yeah. I mean, it's made it past the initial barrier. And now it's just God's work. The esophagus. The esophagus. Yeah. You get the, uh, what's that called? Peristalsis? Peristalsis? <clears throat> is, that the, is that the alchemist? Perineum. Peristalsis. Excuse me? Peristalsis. Uh, involuntary constriction and relaxation of the muscles of the intestine or other canal, creating the wave-like movements that push the contents of the canal forward. Yum, 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 mm. yum. Mm. Yeah, it's a good, it's a really good sandwich. I, I'm always looking for options where I could have less bread. Yeah. And, but this sandwich does not really accommodate a non-bread solution. And I don't want to be, I don't want to be a weirdo. No. You know, it, even today, sometimes a lot of places will do, do a lettuce wrap, especially if it's like a, like a big going concern burger place, sandwich restaurant. But for yeah. a mom and pop, you know, you don't want to ask for that. You just seem like a weirdo. I'm not a big fan of lettuce wrap. I can never seem to make that thing cooperate. No. Um, I've had some success making abortions like a Chicago dog on a long piece of romaine. Okay. I I don't do that so much anymore. That's just sad. But the problem is if you get a really hearty burger, you know, you need something more than just a a couple pieces of green leaf. I totally agree. I couldn't agree more. But they also do a gluten-free bun, which, you know, those have gotten better. They have gotten a lot better. It seems like over the last year or two, something happened, and they, that's okay now. Like, you can get a gluten-free bun, and it's going to be okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I guess it makes sense from a market standpoint that whatever technology is behind that gets better. Or the As more people focus on that, I guess it's good. Um, you mean like like the power of prayer kind of thing? Yeah, thoughts and prayers. They're right. both important. Yeah. Right. Yeah, well, you know, it's. I'm trying to think of examples. I'm having kind of a food coma right now, so I'm not thinking real clearly. But um, I mean, just a totally random, semi-similar thing would be solar, solar energy. Okay. So, like when we were coming up, that was a pretty out there idea. Very. Like you would use you would you might use solar to heat the water for your hot tub in Marin. Exactly. Right. Like I, we always saw it in Florida. We I, I, tell me if you remember this. It, you, you solar panels were for like heating the pool in the winter. Yeah, or like so I've seen. I remember even like in the eighties, some you know progressive types using it mainly. Yeah, mainly for water heating. You could have a thing on your roof, with right? Like, I guess like tubes, black tubes <laughs> that would, um, and you know, and water. I don't know if you know this, but like water in a hose in Florida. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is some hot ass water. <laughs> yeah, don't give your dog don't a bath with that. No, no, don't squirt your kid. You're gonna scald the baby. That's no good. Uh, but I, I feel like I remember hearing that even in like I want to say the 80s. I don't know. Yeah, something like this. You know, if you wanted to have solar power for your house, it was gonna be like an extra hundred thousand dollars. Oh my god! Did you guys have any solar power in Florida? Yeah. No. No, we didn't either. I didn't I, we... I didn't know anybody that did. I saw it. I you drive through the neighborhoods and you'd see them and they would cover I the whole believe roof. It now. You know, I don't really go places, but now when I go places, I am struck. Like when we drive out to our in-laws yeah. in the eastern kind of in gold country, uh it's amazing how many freestanding homes have solar on the mm-hmm. roof. Like it's I guess it's a variety of things in terms of the making it financially viable, skipping over the interesting part. I mean, you know, there's credits for that and stuff like that. But anyway, I think that that's one example where there's – you can look at some pretty stunning graphs 
about the costs of installation and ownership, you know, versus what you get back. Where now I think it's it's pretty close to like money making at this point, right? I mean, if you got the dough to do it, like it's really viable. You can make your meter run backwards. So I only say that because once there's a market and an interest in something, there's a compelling reason for people to get better at it and make it cheaper and commodify it, right? Yeah. Um, so with food fads, you know, it's very much the case. You know, it's funny. We, Syracuse and I just talked about this not long ago, but um, we've been watching a lot of Seinfeld in our house. And it's so funny to see like just in almost every episode – they're like eating like a snack wells type thing or like fat was the enemy. You remember the non-fat yogurt episode? Oh yeah. And the whole, the thrust of that episode was very funny at the time. Again, I discussed this on another show, but it was very funny at the time because it's like, oh my gosh, they're woofing down this yogurt and gaining weight and uh-huh. they don't know why. <laughs> and then they find out why. And you know why? Because it turned out that it was not actually non-fat. When it's like, I look at that now and I'm like, wait a minute. No, it's you're gaining weight because you're just shoving tons of sugar into your face. Like, you know, yeah. that was the bad guy for a yeah. long time. Yeah, I don't know. There's probably other examples of that. You know, then you have market forces. Like, you want to get some magnetiles? Like, we wanted magnetiles for Christmas a couple years ago, and like the whole factory had burned down. What are you going to do? You can't make your own magnetiles. Magnetiles <laughs> are a good I remember toy. that. <laughs> It was huge because magnetiles, like, were something was one of those like, way more costly than Lego. Right. Where, like, if you play with these at school, the kids were crazy. They're, we still play with them. They're so fun to play with. But uh, yeah, yeah, it just went away. That's that's bad timing. It's really a lot like uh, you know solar energy. Oh, you know, I, I don't want to change the subject too dramatically, but I, before please, I forget, I, I just want to mention yeah. I saw the uh, Baby Driver movie. Oh, I really liked that. I had a good time watching that on the plane. I watched it on the plane. That's probably a pretty good plane movie. It was a really good plane movie. If you ever uh, are in the mood to rewatch it, my only suggestion would be to wear good headphones. I, I bet it sounds the, great. I mean, the ones I had were the like noise canceling ones. Oh, but, that's, that's still good. But, but on oh, a plane, you it on, like, it's you know, you watch it on a laptop. Yeah, right on the laptop. Oh, okay, that's good. No, no, you're good. You're good. Yeah, it's just that um, the the sound. I mean, obviously, if you if you're a fan of Edgar Wright, you know how much he sweats every little cut and edit, and the way in that case he maybe to a fault uh, choreographs the scenes to a very percussive soundtrack. Right. And, um, there's all kinds of funny. Like, did you notice like the lyric as he's walking down the street? Yeah. The lyrics the are on the shuffle. buildings and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like being in some ways being played out like all around him. I, I loved that. I loved I it too. I thought that was very good. I, I thought it was a very fun movie. And like the car stuff was actually really, really exciting. It really was. I was turned, this is the kind of person I am. I was really turned off by the name of the movie. Yeah. And and that was like, I had kind of avoided it because I'm like, well, I don't really want to see a movie called Baby Driver. I don't know why it rubbed well, me the wrong way. It's a I, dumb name. Well, I didn't like, but I heard people talking about it and I said, okay, well, you know, I'm doing this trip. This is a good opportunity. I'll rent it. And uh, I think I liked it enough that I would watch it more. I would watch it many times, perhaps. And uh, mm-hmm. but I, you know, if if the listeners are looking for a fun movie, uh, then I also watched another movie called Wind River. Have you heard of this or seen this one? Yes, that is in my that is in my to do list. Um, Jeremy it, Renner, who also plays Hawkeye, I believe. It's got it's got Hawkeye and Scarlet Witch and Scarlet Witch both in it. So it's a lot like a Marvel movie, mm-hmm. uh, except right. uh, there's no nobody with superpowers. No spoilers and and no heroes or. But or you give villains. you give it a thumbs up. That was a great great movie. It looks, I uh, really the trailer made it look pretty taut. 
suspenseful. Yes, it is. And it's, but it's one of those movies that it has very much about characters and cinematography and it's a, a slower, slower movie. The opposite really of Baby Driver in that way. Right. Uh, but it was just really, really good. And the acting in it is just, I, I think Jeremy Renner could, this movie should be up for, you know, like, uh, cinematography Oscar I think and, and uh-huh. Jeremy Renner was good enough in his performance I think he could get something so oh, I'm glad to see he's kicking around he's I feel still like around he's still alive well you know that's one problem with the Avengers thing is that like he and I mean I, they, I think they did a really nice job with Black Widow but th- those are two characters who you're like okay so you're on a team with the Hulk <laughs> right. one of you has a handgun and does flips and the other shoots magic arrows. And it's like, hmm, it's kind of weird. Like, I feel like <laughs> they didn't really use him. No, definitely like, not. You take even somebody like a Don Cheadle. Like, I think they got more out of somebody like Don Cheadle. It's been an interesting couple seasons for movies because I, I really – one of my things I try to do for myself is go out and see a movie. Um, like, if I've got a, a morning off or, you know, some time off, I'll try and go just go see a movie by myself that I couldn't see with the family. Right. And – um it's been interesting. And really, honestly, like, so Baby Driver is one where I was so hyped up for that movie. I was on full media blackout for it. And I'm, I'm such a, a huge Edgar Wright fan. He's probably my favorite director. That it was, it just about was what I expected. My expectations were so high. Really? But I, I did think about it. Oh, right. It because l- he did, um, uh, that other movie you like. He, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Scott Pilgrim and the Cornetto trilogy. So he did Shaun of the Dead. Hot Fuzz and The World's End. Okay. And if you haven't seen Hot Fuzz, you really got to treat yourself. It's such a special movie. I mean, it's it's up there with the Lebowski in terms of like the multiple, multiple watchings of this movie really pay you back. I have never seen it. I will add that to my list. Well, please see Hot Fuzz. Don't. It's you know, it's not something for kids, um, but it's really good. But so like, there's that. There was Spider Man. Oh, um, we Thor didn't talk Ragnarok. about Thor Ragnarok because I. Well, that's what I was gonna say. I just it's saw like, it last weekend before I went out of town, and we had. I mean, we would never pre-record a show, but if we had, no, I wouldn't had. have been able to talk about it yet. We can talk about that, but I just I, like there's this bar that I have. It's not. I'm not married to this. Sometimes I, I, the you eat the bar, and well, sometimes sometimes that's right. He eats you. I um like most people. I think I gauge a lot of my feelings about a movie on how I felt while I was watching it. Okay. But as I've said before, for a movie to be really enduring, and sometimes in a very surprising way, there will be movies that I really, really liked. At the th- okay, so on the one end, you've got movies you like at the time, like maybe a lot, but you don't give another thought to. Like Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, it was fine. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can't even tell you what happened in terms of plot <laughs> in that movie. I know there's a lady with big eyes. And like, but it didn't <laughs> right, stick with it. me in any way at all. Um, but Blade Runner 2049, uh-huh. like, I really liked it in the theater. But like, it's been two weeks and I'm still thinking about it a lot. Like, even more so than the first Blade Runner, which is one of my favorite movies. Yeah. And I haven't had a chance to see it again, but like, it's, it's been interesting. It's that. The stuff that I end up wanting to really recommend, like I like Baby Driver, but I'm kind of a fetishist for Edgar Wright, so I'm not really the right person to ask. I love everything he does. <laughs> right. I love Spaced Out. I love all of his stuff. Um, but um, I, again, Scott Pilgrim seems like a fairly slight movie, but there's a lot. There's a lot to it, and in its way, you know, I mean, there's a, kind of levels to the movie, and it's it's more engaging than you would expect when you watch it a second time. There's going to be twice as many things as you noticed the first time. And that's such an Edgar Wright thing. But with Blade Runner, I mean, the basic issues at the heart of the Blade Runner universe are played out in that movie in very interesting ways and on 
at least a couple, three different levels to where like, I, I, I don't know, I'm nothing important, but I, I just, I feel like I really, I, I look forward to finding a movie that I think about after having enjoyed it in the theater. Totally that really deepens my enjoyment for it. I do too. And I, I feel like that's a really, you've hit on something and that is that the movies that I, that I tend to think about a lot in the days or weeks following them are the movies that I will generally remember as being the ones that I, I liked or a good movie. You know, like a good movie isn't, I had fun while I was watching it. A good movie is I'm still thinking about it three weeks later. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't, I haven't really thought about Thor Ragnarok at all since I was done seeing it, but I had a great time while I was in there. The time that I had watching that movie was so superior just to me, and I'm not, I'm not trying to sell this movie. It's doing fine on its own, but that's one where like it, it met the bar and went way beyond for pure enjoyment. And yeah. it's not really the kind of movie I need to like think about, but like, you know, it's, I think it's one thing that differentiates, especially like, uh, animation movies, uh, like really good ones, like book of life. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw book. Of oh, Life. Oh, my girl loves that movie. She loves I it. I love that movie. And, and it's such a tell for me that there's my daughter will say, look, can we watch X? And I'll go, Sure. Like, that's wholesome and fine. And then they, the movie gets started, and I go, like, oh, my God, I forgot how much I really – that is a weird movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's the like, – the, like, it was like 25, 30 minutes of this one situation, and then the situation changes to what you thought the movie was going to be about, and it's got a lot going on. And it's got a really – I think a very, very sweet and moving ending to it that I absolutely didn't expect. So while I, I like I really enjoy something like Corpse Bride, something like Coraline, like mm-hmm. I that is a very thought provoking movie to me, even yeah. though it's just whatever a kid's animation. That's a really weird movie. Yeah. It's why I still like, you know, something like Monsters Inc., like a fairly slight Pixar movie. I love it so much and I really I kind of think about it. And you know, certainly Wall E. Um Yeah, maybe. that's another thing. Like I if you ask me if I really liked Wall E. And if I want to see it again, I would say, you know, it was okay. But I think about it a lot. Yeah, I do too. There's a lot There's a lot that's very catchy about that while you're watching it. It still looks astonishing. The, the, it, just the way the trash looks is amazing in that movie. And just the world building that they do in that first, whatever, 20 minutes. But then also it's, a, it's, very, it's very emotional. The characters are funny. Um, it's, it's a very emotional movie. But yeah, yeah. And I mean, like there's movies where we're like, okay, yeah, we'll put that on, whatever. That's fine. But then there's others that where I'm like, I really just want to sit and like really pay attention to this. Unlike say The Walking Dead, which I think I might be over. Yeah. I saw you tweeting about that, that you were saying it's, yeah. What's, what happened? What happened there? There, I see, I don't read the comics, so don't at me, but like, it's just all, it's all fighty fight fight. And it's like, I feel like, I mean, those are smart people making that show. And there's a lot of us who will keep watching that show just because it's a thing we do. But it, it really, I feel like they've really kind of lost the thread on the one hand about the importance of stakes mm-hmm. and, and main characters dying. Like that's the show. The show is that main characters have to die horribly or it's kind of not the show. That's what they set up. That's the promise from the very beginning with that show. And the other thing is though, it's, it's just a lot of gunfights. It's, I don't know. I don't know. Trying to think about what I'm really excited. I watch a lot of YouTube right now. Yeah, I watch bass videos. Um, bass jumping? N- no, no, no. Like feel oh, no. the bass, boom, boom, boom. I like boom, I like listening boom. to Adam Neely talk about music. He's very good at that. What else do I like? Um, so Thor, 
Yeah. Uh, what a fun movie. It was a lot of fun. I didn't, I, I don't want to spoil anything for anyone, but there is a, there is a champion that Thor has to battle. Oh yeah. And I already saw that because that was the first totally thing that spoiled they, yes. by the trailer, unfortunately, but how fun would it have been if they had somehow not revealed oh, that? I Everybody says so. Everybody says the same thing, which is like, that would have been one of the great reveals Ugh. in a movie if they hadn't, but on the other hand, like they got to, you know, fill seats. So I understand why they did it, but it's well, what I was, what I was kind of mm, one eighth thinking about going into the theater that I haven't given much thought to was that that's not straight out of very heavily influenced by a comic series that I adore. And you know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Yeah. We should, I mean, people know we can say it, right? Say it. Yeah. I mean, it's world war Hulk. Yeah. They've, ad- they've kind of adapted world. It's even got meek. And Korg, I think his name is. Yeah, was it Korg? Korg or Korg? I don't, I don't so know. So that is that is voiced by the director of the The director of the, of the movie. movie. Can you believe that? I love that. I didn't know that until afterwards. And I, I, I told my boy that. I'm like, do you know who played that guy? He's like, no. I said, that was the director in there. And he's yeah. he's gotten really into, and this is, few things in my life have made me quite as happy as what I'm about to tell you. Is that He's now into watching director commentary for, for movies. Oh, that's nice. And I, lo- I love that. I love that. And so we're going through all the Planet uh, Plan of the Apes movies, the new ones, uh, watching them, you know, and watching directors cut and things like that, uh, commentary rather. And uh, so he's like into like the behind the scenes stuff now. And that's I, cool. And, and I told him that, Did that you was show him a director. Goldfinger with the commentary? No, he's, he hasn't seen any Bond movies yet at all. What? No. Oh, Goldfinger with the commentary, the, the Samus Dot commentary is so good. Really? Yeah, yeah, they had to, you know about this, they had to pull it. So basically when Criterion first put out, I think, first put out the Bond DVDs, they had this, oh, I'm spacing on this. I've got the MP3s for this and Dr. No, um, and Gruber has them too. But basically um, they had, a, I think, a film, uh, a guy who writes about film, a film critic, like a film academic kind of host the commentary and it's instead of just having like three people watch and go, Hey, it's shut up. Tell this is a movie we made. It's like, it's, they cut in all of this commentary from like Guy Hamilton and from, um, what's his name? Scott, you know, Ken Scott, the, the designer. And, but it's excoriating. Yeah. (laughs) Some of it is like, they go after the director so hard and it's so funny. And I don't know if they got sued for it or whatever, but they had to pull it off. But you can still watch it with an MP3 playing. Anyway, I'm sorry. I derailed you. They could, those could be so good. They can be so lame. But Edgar Wright in particular, not to make this all about Edgar Wright, but like his movies, if you get the DVD or the yeah, Blu-ray, will have like at least two or three commentaries. So there's one that's just the director. Like, for example, on The World's End, I got the Blu-ray of that. Um, he's got one commentary that's just him. One commentary is, uh, I think it's just him, just the director. It's got him and Simon Pegg. From a writing standpoint, there's another one from a tech and effects standpoint. It's really, it's really satisfying because you go through and you see like, oh my gosh, all the care that went into each one of these shots. He really treats it like a comic, you know, that's so cool. And so uh, he's still into Planet of the Apes. Yep. Yep. Very much. Uh, And more. And he had, he had started to rewatch them and we've got this, uh, we've got a rower. And so I row usually in the mornings and the days I don't train and he rows in the evenings uh, and, and so I got this little attachment for the rower that lets you put, 
an iPad on it. So it's just I, calling it a dock would be giving it maybe too much credit. It's a it's like a little rail designed to hold an iPad. I guess you could put your phone on it too, and it slides over the little digital display part that shows you how hard and fast you're rolling, and it holds an iPad perfectly. So I put this thing there, and I was you know in the mornings I'll watch something, and while I'm rowing, and once uh, he got a load of what I was doing. He's like, well, I want to, you know, I want to watch movies while I row. I said, sure. You can watch a movie while you row. And he saw that I had the director's commentary for war, of the planet of the apes going. He's like, well, this looks different. What do you, you know, what is that? And I said, oh yeah, this is uh, the director's commentary. I said, you might like it. And he started listening to, he's like, this is the best thing ever. I love it. I love oh, hearing that's the behind so cool. the scenes stuff. And, and um, Matt Reeves, who directs those movies is, uh, really really great to listen to and you can just tell how passionate he is about everything that that he does but in a movie like this you know it's it's super interesting because he'll tell you oh in this scene you know like these people were actually with these other people but these other ones weren't there and this was a green screen this was a real set and i mean it's it's fascinating and i i tried to do the same thing for blade runner i had the director's commentary for blade runner since you, you mentioned it before i was like really excited to see it this is one of the most boring director's commentary. All he does is talk about how he flipped these pillars upside down. And every single scene is like, this is the same pillar that I had uh, in the other scene. It's this one is upside down. And then we spray painted it. It's like, that's all he talked about for like two, th- three hours. So I had to shut that off. I, I bet it helps a lot to catch whoever's going to be on the commentary. I bet it helps a lot to get the timing right where, you know, in that case, it's been so many years since he did that, and there's been at least three or four different versions of it. I wonder if he's just kind of burnt out on it, you know, yeah. this thing and thinking about other projects. But um, what was the other one I was going to say, commentary? Oh, you know, a good one is uh, Joss Whedon com- commenting on The Avengers is really good. Oh, yeah? I got to check that one out. It's just it's just him like, going, oh, God, this shot. We didn't have the money to do this the way we wanted. Oh, my God, the budget for this. We had no budget. <laughs> it is it is a lot about – because, I mean, essentially they're on a – whatever, on a green screen and green screen set in Atlanta or whatever. Yeah. And something like that. So, uh, yeah, those are interesting. Yeah, I, I love I love that behind-the-scenes stuff. And to be honest, that's, that's a part of my YouTube scholarship is like I watch tons of videos and on like behind-the-scenes stuff and things like that. I love that jazz. What else is exciting with movies right now? Um, oh yeah, you know what's good is um, I never finished watching this, but I bought it and I wasn't able to finish watching it, and I will now. Is what we do in shadows, which is the guy, the same director, the guy who did uh, Thor. Oh yeah, this is the vampire comedy. It's very funny. What's it? Dark Shadows? Is that what you called it? What we I think it's called What We Do in Shadows. Oh, okay. Dark Shadows was that other vampire. Yeah, movie Barnaby, with... Barnabas, yeah, Barnabas yeah. Collins, Barnaby Collins, right? And um. And it's got, uh, you know, it's all New Zealand. Uh, it's got like uh, the Flight of the Concords guy in it and stuff like that. I love New Zealand. Have you been? Um, hmm? Have you been to New Zealand? Yes, I did go to New Zealand once. There was a conference or something, right, you went to? There was a conference. Yep, yep, yeah. yep. It was right after we started doing the show. Yep. Um, what do we got? I have to promote something. I have to promote the uh, Ungainly X-Men meetup. Let's go look and get the exact information for this. Um Please come to the Ungainly X-Men meetup. It's going to be this Thursday night, uh, November 16th, 7.30 p.m., Two Cats Comics, 320 West Portal Avenue, uh, Ungainly X-Men meetup 19. This is going to be our last one of the year, I'm guessing. Oh, so wow. please come out and say hi. Well, it's November, dude. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, time comes at you fast. Um, so come out. And, you know, you don't have to be into comics. You can just come and uh, hang out, and it's really fun. 
Maybe you'll get so, into comics. Well, Two Cats is very good at that. And, and you can go, and if Christian's usually there on the nights that we have the meetup, so you can ask Christian about the job application uh, uh, process that I mentioned on last week's episode. <laughs> right. Which was definitely recorded last Tuesday. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, so please come. You can go to MerlinM.com slash meetup, and you'll see my beautiful Squarespace site uh, for uh, uh, learning about the meetup. There you go. Dan? Yes. Is there anything you want to tell me about? I would like to tell you about, how about we do Eero? I love my Eero. Would you please tell me about Eero? I would like to tell you about the Eero. The Eero Eero. is an answer to a problem that many of us have. I'll give you a a real-life scenario where this completely fixed a really irritating problem that we were having. And this is the Eero is the Wi-Fi that we've always wished that we had in our own homes. It's fast, it's reliable, and you get a great connection in every room of your house and the backyard too. Uh, they came out with this home Wi-Fi system. You have multiple access points placed throughout your house. So, in, And this is not like a range extender that many people are familiar with. Those are not very good. This is a completely different thing. And they've actually, this is the second generation of Eero that they have. And they have these little, the little, um, the things that they have, these little, these access points are called beacons. So mm-hmm. what you're doing is you're building a Wi-Fi system that's completely tailored to your own home. You get better speed and better range and this really cool, I don't, I don't say that they are like Apple, but they have that kind of an unboxing thing, really great packaging, really great, uh, you know, manufacturing. So these things are really, really solid and super well-made. So here's, here's the way this works. You get the Eero and there's like a little base part of it that plugs into your cable modem or your router, whatever you already have. And then these tiny little beacons go throughout the house and you get the app and the app will actually tell you, just, you, you just plug them into an outlet. You just plug it into the power outlet of your house and the app actually tells you based on uh, on the Wi-Fi range where they need to go. So for us, it said, okay, you should put one here like in the kitchen and then you should put one upstairs in this part of the hall. And the problem that it solved is my boy has his Windows machine upstairs where he's playing his games up in his bedroom. And the uh, the old base station that we used to have, the Apple one, was downstairs in sort of like the den slash playroom thing. And everywhere in the house was really good but once you got upstairs the connection was like so like the speed downstairs was like 300 down upstairs is like 40 or 30 down and anywhere i've tried to position the old base station it never never really seemed to help it the Eero fixed that now he's getting 300 upstairs just like we're getting in the rest of the house it's hard to believe but this is part of their what they call true mesh software and that's the thing is it is that you create this mesh that blankets your whole house so you don't have any like dead spots anymore. And it's all just seamless. The arrow like updates itself at night. If there's any updates that come in, I, I mean, it's just, it's great. It has, a, it has it all. And, and you can, you the can beacons go even have little night lights you can turn on and off on them. That's super cool. I'll tell you one thing I love about it. There's a couple things I really love about it. I'm an inveterate tester of speed and it's got a speed tester built right into oh, it. Oh yeah. So it'll tell you at the point where it's connecting to the Ethernet, like what, what you're getting through your provider. Um, and then sometimes I'll, I'll be in the far-flung rooms of the house and I'll, I'll run like a like speed test or 
um, what's the other one? You know, one of those speed test ones. And it's, it is astonishing. I get about, we get about twice the speed we used to in our bedroom now when we were just using, um, one airport for the house. Nothing is the airport. I mean, it's great, but like it has really solved that problem. The other thing, this sounds really weird, but like it's, this isn't, this is in the app and you don't need to do this unless you need to do this, but I love this. It shows you every device that is currently on your network where it'll say like, uh, you know, Apple iPad or Amazon, you know, Amazon device or whatever. And if you're like me, you can candidly go through, name each device. I give each one a different emoji and it's really handy. It'll show you stuff that has recently been on your network. So like if my wife has gone to work, it'll say like, you know, her laptop is not on the network right now. It also will show you like when my uh, sister-in-law comes, it'll show me her phone on the network. If you see anything on the network you think is weird, guess what? You can block just that one device. Right which I have done on a couple occasions, and it makes me feel good. <laughs> other thing it does, and there are other products that do this, but they have profiles. So if you're the sort of person who is not having any luck getting the younger members of your house to hew to guidelines on internet usage, you can go and you could create a profile for that kid, put all of their devices on there, and set times for when it can and can't be used. It's all built into the app. It's all included. Very nice Isn't stuff. That cool? It's very cool. Very cool. So th- there is one other thing I, I have to mention. People have uh, wondered what you know what these things look like and how how big they are, especially if you're used to something like the Apple base station, the, you know the airport base station, which is huge. These are tiny. These are really mm-hmm. small. They sit it's like, flat. It's like a deck of old maid cards. That, exactly what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they uh, they sit flat on the surface. They connect over Ethernet or wirelessly in any combination. They've got uh, tri band radios. And they have uh, a, like uh, all I, everything you could want. It's in one little tiny. Like I'm, I want people to see this. It's a premium package. It's I a mean, nice. It, it's it a nice really thing. Really premium, premium quality stuff. And like for us, we're a multi uh, lady in a tube Amazon family. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. Last month or so, they added the ability to say, "Hey, Dingus, play KQED FM everywhere." Or in oh. our case, play KQED FM upstairs. And we have a network called Upstairs inside of the Lady in a Tube with all the devices we would like it to stream on. Guess what? Boom. It starts streaming like almost immediately all through your entire house. It's all synced. I can't even imagine that that would have been possible before we got Eero. No way. So cool. Blankets. It blankets your house and Wi-Fi. So here's, here is the thing. You can get free overnight shipping to the U.S. or Canada. By going to Eero.com, E-E-R-O, Eero.com, and at checkout, you select Overnight Shipping. Don't worry if it says it's going to cost something. You enter the code back to work, and that will make it free. So free overnight shipping at Eero, E-E-R-O, Eero.com. Use the code back to work, and we appreciate Eero's support. Thank you very much, Eero. Back to work. Thanks, Eero. Buck, buck. Um, We have some odds and sods. Um, let's do our odds and sods first. All right, um, I like is that, that okay? Yeah, of course. <clears throat> I don't know how much I have to say about Brian Michael Bendis, except it's a pretty big deal that he went to DC. Yes, it is a big deal, and I've I not followed it closely, but that seems like kind of a big deal for both companies. It is. I, how long has he been at Marvel? He his first major, I think his first book he did was Ultimate Avengers. So that's a long time ago. I believe that's right. I think he's the one who came up in like 2000. He yeah. came up with that. He did um, yeah, here it says, um Spider-Man. In 2000, he began Powers. But oh, that's right, over sure. at Image. Mm-hmm. He started this tenure at Marvel the same year. You were right. The same year with Ultimate Spider-Man. Oh, Ultimate Spider-Man. Yeah, that's what it says. 
Oh, uh, Ultimates was after that, I guess. I thought it was World, about a, the AKA same AKA Ultimate Avengers. Oh, no, right. So, so I'm sorry. Okay, so this gets very confusing. Ultimate Spider-Man is like reboot, other universe, Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. And it's really good. Mm-hmm. His, the, um, I still think oh, that so is the best o- origin story of, uh, or telling of an origin story of all time. It's a great way to jump into comics. Like it if really you like is. the idea of Spider-Man, but you don't want to slog through like you know costumes and vending machines and stuff like that, <laughs> that's a, that's a pretty good place to start. <laughs> Spider Island. I know you like Spider Island. Uh, I don't yeah. know if that's a good jumping <laughs> in point, but Brian um, Michael, Michael Bendis, Bendis Ultimate Spider-Man. I'm going to put that into our show notes. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a great way to get started in comics. It's a great way to get into Spider-Man. The he's writing he's is wordy, just so but he's good. good. He's thoughtful. <laughs> he's very, he's very wordy. W- There's a funny tweet. Somebody said, just kind of subtweeting him saying, this is a good time for uh, DC letterers to ask for a bump in pay. <laughs> right. It's so true, though. <laughs> it's so true. Uh, and he did, as long as we're razzing him, there is that one issue of, there's that, I forget what it was. It might be new Avengers, but there's this one issue where it's just the Illuminati having a meeting, They're a meeting <laughs> for the entire, the entire issue is just Dr. Strange and Reed like walking around, like being very concerned. Anyway, interesting. Like I, you, I, didn't you meet him? Didn't you get to meet him once? No, but um, my, my friends, uh, Kelly Sue and Matt were kind enough to ask him to sign some stuff for me. So he signed a, um, what is it? What was the X-Men, uh, reboot all new X-Men? Yeah. The really cool one. A few that years back, right. he signed it. He gave me and signed a giant book. It was really sweet of him. He signed some of my favorite comics and sent them and it was, it really was amazing. He's a very generous guy, and he's trying really hard to do the right thing and tell interesting stories with diverse audiences, and I, I, I think the world of him. Oh, man, he's my age. I was hoping he'd be a lot older. Yeah, because, I mean, what have we done? Ugh. You know what I mean? Um, so anyway, I mean, I have not, like, followed the scholarship on this, but I'll say this. Like, knowing him, and, you know, he draws a lot of water in this town, right? <laughs> Yeah, in this beachside community. Yes. Like he, when he goes somewhere, <laughs> so you'll see he's no Stan Lee, but you'll see his name on lots of stuff. Uh, you know, there's so many movies where like he's created so many rebooted or just flatly created so many interesting characters and you've seen him and his influence in the Marvel movies, I think much to their, their credit, like, you know, um, Peter Parker's buddy in, um, uh, homecoming is straight out of, if memory serves, is straight out of Ultimate Spider-Man. Yeah, it Isn't is. Isn't that where that comes from? Yeah. And I th- I'm, is it that or Ultimate Comics? It, but, it, you know, the guy, the, the, his chunky friend, comes yeah, straight his, out of Bendis. It, it, it comes out of that, and I thought that it was the Miles Morales... Uh, it might be Miles Morales. One, one where, yeah, his his best friend is is, is the same character. He's he the a guy great in character. the chair. Yeah, guy in the chair. <laughs> um, but, you know, uh, I, I, I don't mean to pile on, but if... Michael, there are any number of ways that Brian Michael Bendis' presence could be, could theoretically make DC movies more appealing to me. Let's just say that. They don't really appeal to me right now. They don't to me either. I know that Justice League is coming out. Is yeah, it this? With, uh, with embargoed embargoed reviews and like, there's all kinds of shenanigans behind the scenes with that. What? I haven't heard about the embargoed. What, what's, the, what's going on? Um, I heard about it on um, that Ringer podcast about media that I like. 
the two guys. But yeah, no, supposedly they're being pretty cagey about it and they don't want the reviews to come out until like just right before the movie, which is not a great I sign. was going to say that makes me think that it's not – that they're not good. Well, they were using it as a – so like you hear things about about the buzz behind a movie, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. there's there's two movies right now that have completely like basically unprovable but very decisive buzz. One of those is the Justice League movie and the other is the new Star Wars movie. And as it happens, um, one of them is getting much more positive buzz than the other. Now, this is from people who are not able to say on record what they think about the movie. Right. But the story is that basically – I've heard the buzz is that Last Jedi went very well and it was very smooth, unlike a lot of other things that go on. Like it's it, it's been in good shape for a while, and right. the people who've seen it say, "No, it's it's really really quite good," and they're really they're they're stepping it up with this one. Whereas some of the buzz, the Soto Voce, we can't talk about it publicly. Buzz on Justice League is like, oh boy, it's just more of that dreary, gray, samey, punchy punch kind of stuff. Okay, you know. And and Aquaman just kind of grunting a lot. I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. No, like nobody who's seen it is allowed to talk about it. Those right. who say don't know, and those who know don't say. Um, but anyway, I, I I hope that he's a positive change for DC. Me too. I don't see There's how so he many could good characters not be. and they just get handled so weird. Anyways, well, my kid wants me to take him to see that, and I have generally felt that those movies are all they're too dark, they're too pessimistic they're too they're needlessly dark is the problem yeah they're very like, i understand why sin city is the way that it is that's frank miller that's how he is you know yeah um, yeah but like i you know this is like so, why was super superman why does superman need to be so it joyless shouldn't be so joyless and dark and humorless it should ju- superman in the comics and in the movies that we grew up with christopher reeve these things were a beacon of light. They were happy. They were, you know what I'm saying? They were like, yes, yes he he might ha- meet uh, a very, very menacing foe, but he, you knew he was Superman. You know he's going to win. You know that there's going to be some humor. In it. Well, uh, who's got you? You know that famous line with Lois Lane when I've got you, ma'am. Oh, who's got, that. you know, like it was fun. It was light. It was Superman. It was like, he's a hero. He's the hero. You know, yeah, and, and the way and the way that Christopher Reeve played him, like he did stuff like changed his posture, right? Like there's these you can see these uh, videos and animated gifs of how he would change his posture to posture to look like four inches shorter when he was Clark Kent, like. But he had that that like you know fish out of water, but like joyful vibe. Yes, to it. and and now we get this crap, which is just yeah. it's 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 just it's just uh, branded punching. It's uh, title. I'll, I'll make a, I'll make pretty a good branded, branded punching. But so another movie that's coming out though uh, that I'm looking forward to. It's called uh, maybe you've heard about it. It's called Jim and Andy: The Great Beyond, Mm-mm. which is a movie about a movie. It's sort of a behind the scenes making of Man Man on the Moon. Oh right! Where, oh god! So uh, it's a meta. Movie. Yes, very. Apparently, what happened was. When yeah, I saw the trailer, he got in too deep. Yeah, way too deep. Apparently, he actually basically became... Jim Carrey like, did Andy Kaufman Andy in Co- character to the point where everybody just wanted to kill him. Yes, and he, and he also became Tony Clifton, in the, apparently. And uh, they apparently suppressed this whole documentary behind-the-scenes movie that they were making so that, um, 
I, I guess they just thought it was too weird or they thought it would paint Jim Carrey in too negative of a light or they just didn't understand it or whatever. But now this has been released. It's been made into a movie and it comes out November 17th, which is just a few oh, days Netflix, from now. Yeah, yeah on, on Netflix. So uh, if you haven't seen Man on the Moon, <laughs> I would recommend seeing that first. It's That's still, it's pretty good, uh, yeah. but I can't wait to see this. Full title, Jim and Andy, colon, The Great Beyond, the story of Jim Carrey and Andy Coffin featuring a very special contractually obligated mention of Tony Clifton. Yes. And Tony Clifton was usually Bob's mood, right? But yeah. sometimes I, Andy Kaufman. I think, I think he was Andy Kaufman just enough that to... Bob's mood could, like, do him. Right, 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 right. That's so great. I will check that out. What was the other thing? So anyway, congratulations to BMB. He's going to be a, he's going to di- be a guest diaspora. on the show coming up. Did you know that he's? Uh... Uh, he'll be very welcome here. The great diaspora <laughs> from Marvel continues. Um, I saw via uh, 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 Twitter user Justin, I believe. Have you seen this um, IBM Plex font? Yes. What do you think of that? Um, I, I downloaded it right away. Um, I think it's pretty cool. Um, I'm not. I'm not exactly sure what made this happen i also like um that they have just a single page thing for it uh, on github github yeah but it's looks- supposed to be their identity font at ibm right? i like it i thought it was so pretty i really because it's got in the serif in the in the serif version what does it look like um i don't know like a like a, a chunky just a cool chunky font but in in, in the different sans serif faces it looks like several different fonts that i really like a lot like sometimes it looks like franklin gothic sometimes it reminds me a little bit of helvetica but yeah. uh yeah i i thought it was pretty cool i started for a free font i started using they have the ibm plex mono um yeah i start i try i've been trying it out uh for some coding stuff it's kind of weird in markdown it's kind of weird it's it makes uh, had H's like double Octothorpes look kind of weird. Yeah, but, you know it's got a nice dotted zero. I like it. I like a dotted zero. La uh, dotted or slash zero. You got to have that. Uh. Um, I like still like in, in Consolata. That's my go. So that's still your. Uh, that's your 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 boy still. In Consolata or Menlo, generally. Menlo's great. Another one that I experimented with for a while was um, when Apple came out with uh, the San Francisco font. There's also an SF Mono font that's um, hmm. that you can. I think it's in, you pull it out of one of the yeah, apps. Yeah, you or can something. pull it out of one of the apps, but it's also I'll find the link because I know somebody pulled it out and put it up on GitHub or somewhere for us to download. Oh, Maybe, look at that! That's very distinctive. Yeah, and I I enjoy that one as well. But uh, I'm I'm am back to Menlo, which is really a weird thing yeah. for me to say. I'm, I'm Men- Menlo regular 16 in uh, NVALT right now. Yeah, 16 so is a go good to, size. Yeah, for man my age. You go to Applications, Utilities, Terminal App, Contents, Resources, Fonts, and it's in there. There you go. I'll put this in notes. Stan, where can people find show notes for episode diggity 350? I know, it's a big one. Eh, it's a big roundish number. 350. Where can people find show notes for episode 350 of your Back to Work program? They can go to 5x5.tv slash B as in bingo, 2 is in the number, W as in windows slash 350. Mm. Mm. Contents, resources, fa 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 fonts applications oh, utilities terminal are. app Look contents research font boom then you double click it yep i'm opening font book yep i'm clicking it's a good it's a pretty good font to code in i went i went with it for a long time and then i installed adam 
again. I had ta- I had mm-hmm. used Adam, and I went back to uh, to TextMate, and then I went back to Adam again. And when I installed Adam, it the default font was uh, Menlo. I guess it just picks up the operating system's default monospaced font, which is Menlo, uh, or mm-hmm. else it's coded in some way. And then I was like, oh, I kind of like this, so I'm back back to Menlo. Okay, 12 errors were found. Don't use these fonts. Okay. Hmm. I use them anyway. I just check it. It doesn't matter. I think it's just because they're Stupid in. errors. I, I don't know what I the errors copy. are. First, I copy. All right. I don't understand that. I, oh, there's always errors. You can get errors. Every font has an error. Yeah. Just Every font it. has an error. No, nothing ever happens. I got it. It's because you, you have to take them out of the slash fonts folder for them to be accessible to font book oh that's pretty sf mono let's try it in nv alt see if we like yeah it. see if that works for you mm-hmm. sf i'm clicking sf mono oh that's pretty good it's blocky mm-hmm. oh look at that that's kind of pretty oh and i like what it does to my octothorps good <laughs> octothorps all right good good so that's uh that's some fonts did i put that in notes i think i did Okay, good. It's in notes. Okay, um, other bits of follow-up e things. Interesting yeah, what do you, mindfulness what do you app. Uh, a listener did a funny cover of Plika Plika. Did you hear that? I did not hear that. Warning. So, listener Scott, warning. This is super dumb, but I get these ideas about doing things, and then I have to do them. In this case, recording acapella tracks over the back to work Plika Plika theme song. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's that song way predated back to work. Well, but like, you know how, as soon as we get done recording and we uh, profess our love for each other, what's the first thing that comes out of my mouth? Bum, 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 bum. Yeah. Bum, 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 bum. Like I, I'm, the, I'm, I'm the kind of person who'll do that with a song. You know, I'll do that. I'll do that with a lot of songs. I'll do that. I'll do that with the uh, underwriters on a uh, news hour, you know, mm. BNSF railway. Anyway, uh, so a lot of fans would like to hear. So it's in the show notes. You can go to the Plika Plika Semi Acapella Back to Work theme. Thank you so much to listener Scott. It is not super dumb. It's super silly. And thank you for doing it. I really appreciate it. Should we close out the show with that, do you think? Is it, is yeah, it that good or that, not? It's not that, that would be so disco. Please right, do that. I'll do that. Uh, other things. Okay, this is, uh, you know what? I'll just mention this. This is super weird, but. I've been playing around. There's this one app. Oh, geez. Now I'm not going to remember it. There's this app from the makers of Monument Valley where you can trace on the screen with your finger. And it's kind of a cool mindfulness app. Uh, but, but that helped me discover this other app they've recently put out. What, what is the name of the company that makes Monument Valley? Us Two. Us Two. They also make an app called Sway. That's really interesting. And it's a mindfulness app. It costs two or three bucks. You get on your phone. And it sounds really dorky, but the idea is you look at this beautiful screen, you listen to this beautiful music with headphones on, and you just kind of gently sway with your phone in your hand, not too fast, not too slow, and you look at the screen. And, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll go there. It's very relaxing. Mm. It's very centering. I like the finger tracing one, too, but I thought I'd recommend uh, Sway. It's kind of a neat app. Sway. You know, I'm... I feel like it's important. I don't know why it's important, but it feels like it's important to distinguish between a whole bunch of different things and meditation okay. for, for much the same reason that we make fun of people who call chocolate Zen. Like if it's, if it's chocolate, it's not Zen. Like Zen is hard. The, <laughs> yeah, the nature, yeah. if you actually, so if you actually learned about Zen, you would know that it is not 
relaxing. Right. <laughs> it's really hard work. It's one of the most difficult forms of meditation you can have. It's not just about stacking stones and inspiration. Ditto with, you know, meditation. I, I do think it's worth, having said that, I'm not sure that an app can really help you meditate because that's not really the purpose. But if that works for you, it's great. On the other hand, I do think relaxation, self-hypnosis, um, those can all be a thing. And I, I don't know if Sway is a good uh, meditation app, but it's a very good relaxation app. Did, did you take that distinction at all? Yeah, I definitely think so. Um, I Anytime that there's a meditation app that comes out, I'm always a little suspect of it because – you know, one of the things that app developers or that people in general seem to have been doing is like there's this whole concept of power ups, right? Or achievement achievements and awards and things like that. You know, like <laughs> for your competitive mindfulness. That's exactly right. And like like you know how you used to check in. Well, you've had eighteen check ins this week. You get a little badge, or you know, your Apple Watch saying you walked more steps today. Here's a badge. That's cool, and it's it's a really cool way to I think motivate yourself and for people to to be motivated um but as somebody who's meditated for many many years i mean i started where uh i had just a little timer and i'm trying to remember because this predates the existence of the iphone what i used to use back in the very old days i used to have singing bowls and gongs i I still have a yeah (laughs) i still have a nice it's it's like a, a brass bowl that has a, it's like a little timer thing and they sell like mini versions of this but it has like a little a little thing that it has a little a strike and it just strikes the bowl and you get this beautiful dong sound but i like you don't need that you could you can right. use your casio uh your eight dollar casio watch to beep when you've hit whatever 15 minutes 30 minutes an hour whatever you're doing like you yes it's it's lovely to have a gentle gong slowly bring you out of a deep meditative state as opposed to a casio alarm but guess what the casio works too anything yes. works any timer on your phone will work and you know there's people like well i like to compare how long i meditated and see what the trend is i'm like you know but that kind of that whole that whole mentality is kind of opposed to the reason why someone meditates you don't it's not it's not like it's not right reason right what's the what's the word what's the term the right unskillful per- reason to meditate unskillful, yeah I, I but yeah exactly because i mean it, here's the thing if looking at a candle on your iphone helps you get relaxed that's awesome if looking at a candle on your iphone helps you to do what you call meditating that's great too but that it gets also to this deeper issue of intrinsic versus extrinsic you know right. like I mean, personally, if you're doing charity work competitively, that shades out of something that's something beyond like doing charity. Anonymous charity is charity. Right. Like doing charity to like get on a big board is a different kind of thing. I'm still glad people do it, but like it seems like ultimately you would want to get to the point where you're getting to something slightly more pure. Like if you need these, these, this rubber banding to like get you into what you're doing, that's good. But ultimately it would help to come up with the right motivation for why you're doing it too and not need an app. I totally agree. I think the motivation is a big part of it. You know, your your motivation to meditate, and I remember it very clearly, you know, being in the state of mind where I'm like, I really, I really want to, I'm working up to an hour, you know, or I'm working up to 45 minutes, or now I'm working up to two hours or whatever my mm-hmm. goals were at the time. And, you know, there is that kind of thing of like, what would it be like to do a sitting meditation for an hour? Could I do it? What would it be like, you know? And and so you do have that as a goal, but 
I remember talking to more experienced meditators, people who've been doing it for a long time, and I found out, uh, I, I forget if it was Gil or somebody else, uh, who was like, they're like, oh, I, I meditate 30 minutes every morning. That's enough. And I was like, well, mm-hmm. I'm here trying to push to 90 minutes. You're saying maybe I don't have to. You know, should your goal be to, med- do you need an app to make you meditate or is it enough that you do it and you're fine the benefits from right, that? I, 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 I'm realizing, I, I sound like I'm being critical and doing that thing I hate, which is saying that you're doing life wrong or you're enjoying something wrong. <laughs> right. And I'm really not, I'm not trying to do that, but it's, 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 it's not so dissimilar from other things where it's like, well, discovering your motivation for doing something, uh, it may not matter in the short term because you can make yourself do anything for a while or you can persuade yourself to do anything. It's more of a cautionary tale of you know, finding your motivation for something will make something stick so much more. Like if you don't know why you're motivated to do something, then it's going to be hard to know when you're not motivated anymore. Right. Like if you were being motivated by an app and you just stopped using the app, well, now you've also stopped meditating or you stopped relaxing or whatever that is. I just, I feel like, like getting closer to the, the true motivation for what you're doing, uh, will give you longevity right. in a way that like a, a, a singing bowl may not. Yeah. Zen. Yeah. People love their zen. You know, I, I, what what one person Mm -hmm. said when I was kind of bashing the new app that came out was, well, isn't it better that I meditate with an app than not at all? And I, I, yes, I mean, that, that's true. But the whole concept I think of meditation, simplification, um, concentration, all of these practices, mindfulness especially, through those things, you, the the goal or one of the goals is to kind of take a look at things and say, hmm, maybe I don't need these things. Maybe I don't need as much as I think I need. Maybe I can be in a world where um, I don't need or want to look at my phone as much anymore or use these devices. To, to be aware of that. But I mean, right. part of the mindfulness is being aware of that, oh my God, I'm thinking so much about my phone right now. That maybe that can be valuable because you do become aware of that. But I, I agree with you. I think that becomes a big part of it. I mean, one reason that you're discouraged from laying down when you're doing meditation is that you're not supposed to be relaxed. You're supposed to be alert. Oh yeah. I mean, you're supposed to, you're supposed to be loose if you can do it. But like more than anything, you need to be alert and paying attention. It's the paying attention part that's important. I it's love about I, how much the app costs. I'm grateful that you mentioned this because it's something that it's. I remember when I was learning to play guitar in college, like not just screwing around like in my, uh, you know, in, 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 in my room playing guitar, listening to Led Zeppelin. But like when I actually like started to get lessons, my teacher was always, always, always talking about the fundamentals, you know, talking about how important it is that even at a very advanced level, even when you've been playing for five years, 20 years that it's important to never forget those fundamentals. And what you just mm-hmm. identified in regards to meditation is one of these uh, inherently um, inherently important fundamental things um, that is just so easy to kind of forget. And that is, you know, your goal is to be mindful. Your goal is to be attentive and Hey, there's a, a famous phrase in meditation, and this actually does come from Zen meditation, which is um, there was this one, you know, 
very old Zen master who was on his deathbed and he was, uh, he was basically about to, to pass on. And some of his students had come to him and said, what is the one thing of your whole life as a, as a meditator, as a teacher that, uh, that, that is the, the most important thing you would like to pass on? And he his answer was appropriate attention. That is paying the right amount of attention to the right mm-hmm. thing in the right way. And nobody, nobody can teach you that. No one can teach you it I mean, for sure. I don't mean in meditation. I mean in life. In life, yeah. Like there's, there's like that's why I'm so against ideas of things like minimalism. Well, that's not hard. That's an easy bar to pass. Just have less stuff. Yay! But like, what's appropriateism? What's the appropriate amount of stuff? What's the appropriate amount of attention? And right. how will you know? Right. And so I, good. And, and it is, it's, it's important. And I think also it, it goes back to, you know, if. If you are sitting there focusing, concentrating, concentrating, doing mindfulness, I remember Gil Fronstall was always talking about how the posture that you want to have is one where you're almost, you're almost leaning forward a little bit the way you would pay attention to an engrossing conversation or watching a movie that's really entertaining. That putting your body into that specific posture, that little bit of leaning forward, it's a, it's a mind-body connection that actually puts your mind into a state of more focus, more concentration, more paying attention. I think people have the idea that like, oh, when I meditate, I feel so relaxed. Generally, that, that's not what mindfulness or Zen meditation is about. The relaxation that you might feel comes from having a, a very focused, concentrated mind, but I used to tell people the the hardest part of any of my of, of my day the 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 toughest part of my day was staying focused when I was meditating like the amount of attention it's supposed and, and, to be yes, it's supposed to be hard <laughs> because you're in meditation you're training your mind for the rest of the world it's like going into the gym and lifting really heavy weights because you know in the real world you're not going to have to deadlift 500 pounds but if you can deadlift 500 pounds in the gym you sure can you know pick up a suitcase off the ground and put it into the luggage compartment in the plane you know mm-hmm. and and that's what meditation is you're doing this really hard work to understand your brain and your thinking process so that when you're in the real world you'll have a more clear focused uh, response to the things that happen to all human beings. And so the idea of like, oh, it's going to relax me. That's more like transcendental meditation. That's a whole different thing. And that's not what these apps are are geared to. So I'm glad you you brought that up and made that yeah, distinction. Well, and also, I mean, my sense of it is that it's also a way of the, the it's a, a cascade or a, a set of dependencies where it's right. difficult for you to get to where you are able to like see your thoughts, acknowledge them, maybe name them, whatever it is. It's hard to get there until you've gotten some focus in your mind. And it's hard to get some focus in your mind until you've had some relaxation in your body. So getting your, my sense is that getting your body relaxed is just the first step. I mean, it's nowhere near like where you're trying to get to. I don't know why I think of this. I watched this video last night on YouTube. Um, I put it in show notes. It feels related to these topics, and I don't know why. I just put in show notes. It's called "Before You Call a Song Easy." Watch this, and it's just a little, you know, silly YouTube video, three and a half minutes long. But the guy makes a really good point. So he's he's like saying, you know, when you're playing guitar, um, when you learn the three chords for the song, don't imagine that you're done. <laughs> the word like just and don't like oh, okay, it's a G, it's a C, it's a G, it's a D. Okay, I can play Brown Eyed Girl now, and you can. But the, the thing is, really, though, mostly what you're doing is you're not playing brown-eyed girl wrong. <laughs> 
which is pretty different from playing Brown Eyed Girl correctly. And he does this demonstration where he plays you the actual guitar line that's on the very memorable – instantly come back to you when you hear him play it. But if you hear somebody go, hey, we go? If somebody does that, you go, oh, yeah, that's yeah, totally Brown Eyed Girl. But you're not hearing it. I'm not even doing it right. That's the point. You right. might recognize that barely. But when you watch him play, you go, oh, man, that's the difference between lightning and the lightning bug. There's a big difference between not being completely wrong and being right. And like it's – if you too quickly accept that like, oh, I, I'm not <laughs> – I, I haven't utterly failed at this, so I must be great at it. It's like maintain that humility of going like, OK, well, what is, what is the real thing to be learned here rather than what is the thing that I can understand how to learn? Ooh, that's a big door Ooh. into a new life. Ooh. Big door. That is something. Brown eyed girl. Dan, tell me about something else you like. I would like Please? to tell yeah, I would love to tell you about Slack. Have you heard Slack. of Slack? Do you know what Slack I've is? Heard of Slack. You have guys you ever Slack? U- but have you ever used it, Merlin? I use a bejesus out of Slack. I have. I've got I've got several Slacks. I slack any Slack Slack Slack. I'm all one big slacker. <laughs> one of the cool things about Slack is that mm-hmm. you can be a member of multiple Slacks and it all shows up in, in one place. You just click the little thing on the sidebar and uh, you're in a different Slack. Did you know that? I did know that. I live by this. I love the fact that there's, I know you're doing a bit and you're very good at it, but I just think it's great the way you, Slack can reflect the way a good company works, a good team works. You learn how to break things off into the right areas. You learn what's appropriate for everybody, what's appropriate for these people. Where is it okay to shuck and jive? I was able to go in just a very few minutes ago and say say to my friend Jim, hey, the ads for this are in this folder. We might have another ad for this. So hang out, leave a spot for that. And like, I don't have to go do that in front of a bunch of people. I don't have to send a bunch of email. When he needs it, he knows where to look for it. That's where it is. I live in Slack. I love it. Right. Slack. Messaging Slack. app. All your communication Messaging together. app for teens. For team To teams or teams. We can do the same thing. We just <laughs> do, it, do it for teams. Don't need a reason. You know, they have a drag and drop file sharing too. Do you use that? No. This is really cool. Try it. It seems like it shouldn't work, but it does. Mm. You take it, like, let's say you're in a Slack with me and we have a little thing we're chatting or we're in a group. Just grab an image or a file or something. Just drag it right in the window and let go of it. Boom. You've just shared it. And it even lets you annotate it. So you can put a title in for it. You can put in a description in for it. And then it keeps, just like it keeps all the logs of all the chats that you ever have, it'll keep that available. So if you, let's say that, um, like one of the things I was using for in the early stages of, uh, of fireside development, uh, it, when I was working with a developer and a designer, every time I would make some kind of change to a database or something, the designer would, he'd need to, uh, to get the latest thing. So I would dump the database, drag the database dump right in there, and he'd just be able to refer back to the latest one if something happens. Uh, little things like that. It just everything they've thought of everything. It works with iOS. It works with Android. Everything syncs. It's genius. You can be having a conversation with somebody, shut your computer off. Pick up your iPhone as you're walking out and finish the conversation. They don't know any better. No, mm. They're none the wiser. So here's, here's, uh, here's what you do. You go to slack.com, S-L-A-C-K, slack.com, and sign up. Doesn't even call, it doesn't even cost any money. Did you know that? It doesn't even cost anything like for a regular human being to just that, start that, using it. That seems it. really weird. You say you can go in with your little team, you start testing this out, you don't have, you don't have to give them any money. That's right. Now, I, I guess if you get to a more advanced level and you want extra features and stuff, you're a company or something. You, you pay for it you pay like a gentleman. It. Yeah, but if mm-hmm. you don't have to do that. So anyway, Slack is where work happens, Merlin. So go check it out, slack.com. Our thanks to Slack for supporting 
five by five and back to work. Buck, buck. <sighs> Curiosity. The cat killer. Killer of How cats. is your little cat doing? Ah, you know, she's old. She's yeah. fine. Yeah, we're working on a new box. She made a doodle in it. I'm really proud of her. A doodle meaning a, a poo-poo? Yeah, she's a poo-poo. She made a number two. She dropped a deuce. And a new, in a new box? A new box. New box, new litter. Mm-hmm. It's got a flap on the door. It's pretty cute. Like a doggy she's door? Fine. Like a doggy door before a cat that makes a doodle. Made a doodle in her back so it, Um, What was I going to say? That's most of... We had some... Uh, can I do some follow-up from last week's episode, which we definitely recorded on Tuesday? Yes, let's do it. <clears throat> Listener Greg wrote in on the topic of uh, failure as representing fear. I thought this was very interesting. Uh, on the topic of letting our kids fail, I believe that we're all born... Oh, so last week we talked about... Uh, Dan and I went at it a little bit. And I thought it was a very good episode. We're talking about like our differing views on the like how people are rewarded or recognized for things. Like how do we... Do, you know, how do, do kids need to become more competitive? Uh, how do we acknowledge people? Should people be acknowledged? Am I framing this mostly right? Yeah. This was a good conversation. Yeah. Listener Greg says, on the topic of letting our kids fail, I believe that we're all born with an innate fear of the unknown. The more we protect them from failure, the more they may fear it because the feeling of failure is an unknown. I think we can really help our kids and ourselves by allowing them to experience failure so it's not so scary. That was pretty good, huh? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think I, I, I mean, I don't know if I conceptually agree on how I put that into practice, but I think it's a very good observation that's absolutely true. You know, that, how do you, I mean, everything seems to feel today like, you know, they don't, no one can, no one can fail and it's bad to fail, but, you know, there is a, there is that. Unless ask- you're an entrepreneur with a TED Talk and you want to talk about how you fail fast and that made you smart. Mm-hmm. But I feel like there's a learning opportunity in not getting something perfectly right every time. Yeah. No, I, 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 don't, I don't disagree. That makes sense. It does make sense. Like I say, I mean, I'm just putting in a vote for the like, okay, but let's also vet the system yeah. and find out who got to set up the rules that way. Because you can sail a long time in a meritocracy on constantly reminding people that like you're great at this and everybody else isn't and therefore they're not as good. And it's valuable sometimes to pause you know, I mean, maybe I didn't give enough specific examples, but I'm talking specifically about things like how do you get into an Ivy League college? Well, it helps to have a lot of money and it really helps to have a family member who already went there. Right. So like if you're a black person who doesn't have family members that went to Yale, but you're three times smarter than one of the Bush family, are you more likely to get in? No, you are not because that's not the way that system is set up. They call that a meritocracy, but it's really not. And that may be a, seem like an extreme example, but I think we need to evolve as a country. We have to start looking for more places where something we thought was a merit-based system was actually a jam-up. That's all I wanted to say. But the, the listener, Greg, this is very, and it's making me think, though. This is, I think this is very thought-provoking. You know, there, there's a word that people use uh, a lot um, in talking about really like reputation. People use the word integrity. And I say, well, you know, this guy has no integrity, Mm. meaning what he can't be trusted. He's a hypocrite. Um, I love that word so much. And I wish we could use it in more of its um, sort of first definition usage. Integrity. Well, Well, how do we look at integrity? Look at the integrity of a building. If there's been a fire or an earthquake, somebody will come and inspect the building and determine its integrity. So what does integrity mean in that case? It's wholeness. It's ability to function as a building, right? Integrity also gets into stuff like 
uh, mental and emotional health, right. certainly physical health. And if you're not getting this yet, Dan, you will soon, which is that you start noticing at first small losses of integrity in your body. Mm. That may be something as simple as you use a little bit, lose a little bit of what used to seem like symmetry in your body. This side is harder to move than that side. It could be that like maybe, maybe your back hurts when you do this certain kind of thing. But that's my preferred use of integrity. Integrity as in this is a functioning and whole system that can be trusted to operate um, in the way that we, we're accustomed to thinking of it. To, to twist that just a little bit, I think a lot of our greatest fears are ultimately fear about loss of integrity mm. or fear, to put it in your, in your Buddhist terms, fear of loss of self. Right. That like I don't, I'm worried about how this is going to turn out because it's going to force me to be somebody I'm terrified to be. I can't imagine being that I never, you know what I mean? I that to me is is what a lot of this comes down to, and and when we're doing that on our kids' behalf, it is in some ways it's integrity in the same way that we would say, oh, I don't want my kid to see these. Uh, shocking images or to like, I can't tell you how many times in the last two weeks I've had to turn off the radio because I'm like, she doesn't need to hear this yet. That is a kind of integrity that she should be allowed in that case to be a 10 year old kid before she has to be a a 40 year old kid. I think that's what a lot of fear comes down to is the fear of what it's the fear of loss of integrity. It's the fear of losing my sense of self and personality and being, being perceived differently than I wish to be perceived. I think that's what so much fear comes down to. I like that. Well, I've never thought about that before. Oh, come on. No, I really haven't. You're taking the mickey. Mm-mm. Well, in that I case, really like, I, think of, I think of myself as a smart person who wins. So like, I might be very circumspect. I don't think that, but there are people who think that. Right. But they might be really picky about the fights that they get into. There's a reason John Gruber likes all these terrible teams, because they always win. Like He likes the teams that always win. Um, but uh, I'm kidding. I love John. But you know what I mean? No, but like, you know I what? Think- I mean, there is, there is something to, to be said for that. You know, if you're... If you're picking a team to like, and it's a good example, if you're picking a team to like when you're a kid, if you're not born into liking a team, I was born into liking the Phillies, the Eagles, the 76ers, in other words, all the Philadelphia teams. Like, that's what you're born to like. And then when we moved to Florida, well, I was in South Florida, and you know what? We didn't get to see a lot of Eagles games down there, and that we were in a different conference, so... I kind of got into the Miami Dolphins. And of course, you had Dan Marino quarterbacking mm-hmm. for them at that time. And he was pretty great. And, you know, that was kind of a fun team to like. So that was like my home team was the Eagles. My adopted home team was the Dolphins. And, um, you know, I didn't really pick it. But I know a lot of people who kind of either they grew up and their parents didn't like a team or like a, like anything. Or maybe they grew up in, in uh, a few different places. They moved around. When I was a kid, like... When baseball season came, everybody, every kid was wearing a Phillies baseball cap. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you just wore them. That's what everybody wore. And you'd walk around the city and everybody would be wearing them. You know, that was just the thing. It was like a, all kind of like a religion in a way to like these oh, things. Oh, it's totally like that with the Giants here. Oh, I, I believe it. Yeah. And the, and the Warriors. Like, right. My, we've never watched a basketball game, I don't think, in my kid's life, but she knows who Steph Curry is because <laughs> that's all anybody talks about. Right, right, right. And, but if like you grow up outside of that or if you, if you don't have it kind of ingrained in you when you're growing up and you're looking around like, well, who should I like? Oh, well, mm-hmm. you know, well, who's the best baseball team? Oh, the Yankees. Oh, I like them. Who's the biggest, best, the most amazing like football team? Oh, the uh, Cowboys, America's team. But in reality, it's that's not what it is. It's you know, it, it's 
you know, it's the wanting to associate yourself with a team that when I remember I, I start for a little while, for a little while in like junior high, I started to get into like the 49ers because they had won. They were a winning team for a while there. And then, you know, Is that, uh, Joe Montana. Yeah. Okay. And, um, I knew, I knew a sportsman. Yeah. Well, yeah, I should get a treat. You should I'll give you a little. Here's a little. But sn- they were they were snack. juggernaut, didn't they? Win mini Super Bowl. They did. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and I'm I'm not sure exactly what years, uh, but I know and it now, was like now, early eighties. This year, uh, you know, the 49ers, uh they won a game. They won a football game. <laughs> that's right. They did. They won one. <laughs> that's that's true. They got a uh, their first win. And what's universally being acknowledged as the most embarrassing football game of all time, I believe. Oh wow. Well, yeah. see, right now the Eagles, we don't have to get into this, but this mm-hmm. is the best year that we've had in a very, very long time, uh, knock on wood. But, you know, like Joe Montana playing for, um, you know, playing for the Super in, in the Super Bowl, and I, I'm going to say 81. I'd have to look this up. Yeah. But, you know, like I kind of like got into them for a little while, and it was like they were like fun. But, like, I never, that never stuck. You know, I stuck with the, the teams that I like. But that's the whole thing of, like, is wanting to associate yourself with success or wanting to associate yourself with something that is, um, that is, is on top, is winning. That, that's a mindset, you know? Surra- it's also insurance, it's insurance for your integrity. Right. Or like, you know, certainly it seems that one reason things are so, there's lots of reasons America is so divided right now. Some of them good, some of them not good. Some of them awesome reasons that we're divided. But, you know, uh, I think nobody likes being wrong. Nobody likes being seen to be wrong. Right. And like, so if, if taking down a Confederate statue means like that the things you learned from your father and grandfather are, are somehow being shown to be less true, that's a loss of integrity. And that's not right. something you're going to take easily, regardless of how you feel. Nobody likes feeling. So I'm looking here. Webster's defines integrity as, I hate that game, but integrity, number one, the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles. Sure. Number two, the state of being whole and undivided. Right. Meaning unity, unification, coherence, cohesion, togetherness, solidarity. To feel, and like I think built into my notion of integrity and what leads to catastrophization so much of the time is that, that like any crack in that integrity could bring down the whole enterprise. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think that's what, I don't know. I think there's a lot of behavior that, that can be ascribed to probably even unconscious fear of the loss of integrity, of wholeness, of functionality yeah. of, you know? Uh, so yeah, that's, that's where a lot of that comes from. And it's, it's certainly not a, I'm not saying it's a good excuse, but it's certainly a reason why we might, might want to shield our kids from that, especially if we feel like it's a system that isn't fair. Like, why should we send our kids into some kind of abattoir that they can't possibly win in? Like, the knives always win. The knives abattoir always was. win. I like knives that. always win. Mm. The knives always, always win. win. Type um, oh, you met Christian Serrano. I forgot about that. Yes. Okay. So this was one no, wait, of those. Did I say that wrong? Is that the piss the piss artist? No, Christian Sir- Siriano. I might be talking about the the piss Christ guy. You met Christian Siriano, who I know from Project Runway. Project you, Runway. you saw him at an event. Is that he, right? I'm sorry. I'm changing the topic. No, that's I? this is absolutely correct. I just saw your photo pop up here when you said to me, if I may say, you said serious question. Does quote Christian Siriano unquote have a meaning to you? And I responded yes. Yes, so uh, I was in New York City last week. And- New York City? <laughs> <laughs> Greg, what happened to all the good commercials? I don't know. What happened to That's the old to El Paso. Them? Yeah. yeah <laughs> all the, the Conte sauce. All the guys are... 
New York City. Mine's made in New York City. New York City. <laughs> I gotta find that now. So you met? You saw Christian? Well, I mean, Matt is a. I interacted with him the way that all the other people at the book signing interacted with sure. him, but it's He's not fierce. like it was a one-on-one thing. But yeah, well, it was in New York City, and um, just like uh, two blocks from the hotel that I was in, there was this big signing event, and um, and and so I, you know, I feel, well, I'm in New York. This is the kind of thing that happens in in New York. It's just there's some kind of event there, and uh, and so I went and and he t- uh, a model named Coco Ro- Rocha, Coco Rocha, Coco Rocha. She's apparently a very famous um, like supermodel. She was on stage with him. They talked to each other, and then he signed books. And then Drew Barrymore showed up, and then what uh, the lady. Um, who um who uh it's the beautiful redhead from Mad Men? No way, Joan. She, yeah, Joan. She was there. Jo- Joan was there. Joan was there. And I then, bet she's got incredible presence. I bet like she oh, yeah. just lights up a room when she's in it. And Brad Walsh, who's um Christian's husband, who does I guess he does photography and also is in some kind of a band or something. He was there. He had a cool hat on. And then there was a guy that had a little tiny chihuahua that was wearing. A little Adidas tracksuit, uh, and that made that was made my whole night. That's sweet. That's sweet. Well, I mean, a d- normally a d- a dog doesn't a d- have anything dogs. good to work out in. A d- d- dogs. Te- technicals. Excuse me. A d dogs. That's instead of a d does, it's a d dogs. Three stripes. Yeah. Three stripes, and you're out. I have a picture. Let me send you the picture of the little dogs. I know you're into little. You're into little pets. Do I do? I love little pets. I get this. Wait until uh, you, know, you I see like, this. I like an applehead chihuahua. That's what I like. Maybe this is what that is. And then I laid, I laid down between the giant crystals. Mm. Hmm. That was cool. Did I send you that photo? No. I didn't send you the. F- really? No. Oh, I'm sending you the little giant crystals. Ad- I see the- pictures of a stage. I see Christian talking to a lady in a hat. All right. I just sent them to you in, in your uh, messages. Uh, I'll look at that. Look at the and little. Who's that? Who's that with the dog? That's the guy who owns a dog. Oh, that's an Applehead Chihuahua. That's what I'm. Oh, I thought you would say that. Look, look at, at it. Look at, it, look at this look little at that sweet little dog. Yeah. Oh, he's just carrying it around in there. He's just. It's like it's normal to have a dog. Look at those little feet. I know. Look at that sweet precious angel. I know. I know. And then what's the other? One? Oh, here's you. You're laying amidst geodes. Yeah, they're giant, like. giant amethyst crystals that are like two or three feet tall and. You lay in what between is, them and you feel uh-huh. you feel the energy like you going. Feel the, you sure it's not that electric outlet over by your feet? No, it's not. What kind of shoes are those? Are those Saucony? Saucony shoes, yeah, that's what How I do you wear. say that? How do you say Saucony? That's the way you said it. What kind of place you go to go to a place like this? It's got this worn stage kind of what the, what the hell is this? What is this operation? Where are you? <laughs> what was the Crystal Store? What was the name of that place? Um Crystal Crystals are we. Crystal Connection, I think. Crystal Connection. Why are there so many yes. about crystals? The the uh Crystal Connection <laughs> is this it, this little like little crystal shop. It's apparently one of the biggest uh crystal shops in the wor- in the world, certainly in the northeast. That's saying something. And uh, I was driving from New York City to a little town outside of it called Binghamton, which is like three hours outside of town. And uh, you got to break up the monotony of the drive. And, and so, mm-hmm. you know, pull off the road, get some gas. And then you go to a little crystal shop and uh, and they have a thing where you can lay down by the, the crystals. Oh, that's nice. <clears throat> Does that look clean to you? No, there was definitely a... Uh, like Ooh, it's kind of kind of real lived in vibe. Yeah, I didn't like that part Looks of like it. A baby might have been delivered there or something. Well, <clears throat> crystals. I just wanted to 
say that I had done it. And, mm-hmm. you know, it didn't look you're clean. Wearing, you're wearing some pants. You got jeans. You got mm-hmm. a puffy jacket. Mm-hmm. It was cold, dude. It went into the 20s and snowed. So That's no good. I, I would approve, for what it's worth, I would approve of you putting this sweet, precious doggy in a short. All right. <laughs> I'll do it. That is an angel. Look at that. It's a branded dog. I, I know. Dan, um, do you want to tell me about uh, another thing that you like? Yeah, let me tell you all about video blocks. Video blocks. Video blocks. Video blocks is the place to go for studio quality stock footage. They got your audio, they got your images, and they got it all for a fraction of the cost. All of the content they have is royalty free. So you can use this for your commercial products. You can use this for your uh, your personal projects. Whatever it is that you're doing, you go there, you download all the stock media your heart desires. They have this thing called the member library. It has 150,000 videos, 100,000 audio clips. They got images in there. Everything is in there. They're always adding new content. It's always a fresh, wonderful experience when you go in there. And... This is the thing. You may have tried to create your own content. You may have tried to take your own picture. You may have had to use footage or a picture with like a watermark on it and you're trying to crop it out. And you know why you do this? Because you're trying to, let's be honest, Merlin, you're trying to save mm-hmm. a little bit of money. You don't I like to save a little money when I can. I do too. You don't get, you don't get rich from spending money. You know, you got to spend money to make money. That's right. But typical. My, my daughter used that line on me literally yesterday. <laughs> what did she say? You got to spend money to make money. But what was she in wants to have business to... cards made for this ad hoc group that she's made at school that I think might be turning into a pyramid scheme. Oh, no. And I, I said, well, you know, we already just got business cards not too long ago. Do you really need other ones? She said, well, you got to spend money to make money. I love this. She is so business smart. Cards. I need to get new business cards. She'll design it for you if you want. <clears throat> Would she? Sure. I mean, for a fee. Like watercolor or? You know, you don't get rich giving away business cards. How about this? Have her send you know. me one of her business cards. If it's good, I'll hire she's her to make mine. She's not doing this on spec, Dan. She's 10. She's not an idiot. Well. Videoblocks.com slash back to work. Get your stock footage, your audio, and your images. Everything you can imagine. Everything. You could download. Listen, go to Videoblocks, download the whole thing. Download all 150,000 videos and 100,000K. They don't care. They don't care. Dan, in the amount of time you've you've been been prattling on about this company, I have added to our show notes. (laughs) Royalty free. You, You can find Zen. Images and videos for Zen, yeah. Uh, uh, video, videos uh, for crystals, uh, videos for business cards, and business uh, and and uh, uh, video blocks for Chihuahua. You can go find Chihuahua videos. It's right there. It's all right there. You just get. It. You don't want to spend all the money in the world. You don't get rich by spending money. Videoblocks.com slash video back to work. Anything you can imagine. It's one hundred and forty nine bucks for every like the whole library. You get it. Videoblocks.com. That, that seems irresponsible, Dan. Is that is that responsible for them to be doing that? It's their thing. I, I don't tell them what to do. It's their no, life. No integrity. That's right. <laughs> Videoblocks.com slash back to work. Thanks very much to Videoblocks for making this show possible. Buck, buck. Knowledge. Knowledge. <laughs> Ferraris. Knowledge. Lambos. I miss him. Yeah. Is he, did he pass? Yeah, he's gone. Oh, man. Is that right? No. Ty Lambo. It's the other guy that, that we talked about that's gone that I miss. Other guy we talked about. That. Gil? Yeah, taking out... These tiny little ads. Mm-hmm. That guy. Oh, that guy. Let me explain the concept behind this. Buying and selling. I liked him. He was great. And he the camera kept moving. He was on the beach. Yeah. I just remember him on the beach with the waves behind him and camera. Buying and selling. Small classified ads. That's it. 
Uh, what else we got here? Oh, this is an interesting one from listener Bill. In episode 318, Emotional Goggles, you were kind enough to address <laughs> is – this is okay to read this, right? Yes. Listener Bill. Um, you were kind enough to address a basic GTD-related question for me about taking on a new area of responsibility. That's a GTD term. Uh, copyright David Code 2001. In my case, that was specifically a run for local office. Are you sure your name is Bill? Your advice, <laughs> distilled from the GTD manual, was to take it a piece at a time, which I knew, but hearing it as advice made it practicable. Um, the last several months have been an intense blur of extracurricular work performed as discrete next actions. Fortunately, slash, uh, unfortunately, last week's episode was a perfect bookend in which you discussed the consolations of losing. In my case, the margin was 1.28%, fewer than 100 votes. Among the consolations you discussed, and of particular importance to me, was the opportunity to model for my kids that moment and what comes after. I was already attuned to the need to get that right, but once again, back to work treatment made it digestible and relatable. Thank you to listener Bill. I'm sorry about your narrow loss. That sucks. That's got to be frustrating, you know? So frustrating. He said, didn't he say it was 110 people or something? Uh, fewer than 100 votes. Oh, yeah. my God. 1.28%. That sucks. That is the worst. On the other hand, you're off the hook, you know? You don't have to do that now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and who would want to? Yeah. It seems like a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I don't have that much more to say about losing. It's no fun. Integrity. You know what I'm saying? I do. Hmm. Too well. We did Plika Plika. Oh, listener James. Um, I was trying to find a good K-Base article for this, and I got lazy. But listener James uh, wants to know about how to reset his iPhone. He says, I hope I'm not, not a pain for asking. You are. <laughs> but I missed the not quite. <laughs> I hope I'm not a pain for asking, but I missed the not quite full reset tip that Merlin got to fix his slow iPhone success. Uh, wait, was that you? I... Uh- yeah, I think it was me. It doesn't slightly confused. I need so so basically saying like, what do I do to um, reset my iPhone? Dan, we should pull that email back up from listener Apple Boy. Yeah, basically that there's two different kinds of resets that you can do. If you're having the kind of network problems that I was having, then you're going to want to reset network settings. And this is under uh, you go into your uh, you go settings. into your settings app general. Scroll all the way to the bottom, and there's a little a little option that says reset with an arrow next to it. Don't worry. When you hit reset, you're not going to be resetting everything yet. Then under that, there are a whole handful of different options. The one that's kind of in the middle is called reset network settings. You do that, and that blows away, I'm going to assume, something that's more or less like all the plist files for your network. It seemed to make a huge, huge difference to me for me. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and so that was, that was excellent. Uh, that fixed the trouble that I was having, but if you're still having more trouble, your mileage may vary on any of these, please back up before you do this. No motor, no motor, motorcycles after 3 PM. Thank you. And, uh, don't if, just go zapping stuff until you got to back up. No. Please. Uh, but the thing is, if you're like ready to throw your iPhone at the wall and you're like, this thing sucks, I don't know what to do. I'm going to have to reformat this whole thing. Before you do try that, these first. Yeah, yes. try reset all settings under that same menu, not content and settings, just reset all settings. It doesn't delete your apps. It doesn't delete anything that's saved on your phone, although you should still have a good backup, yes. but it will essentially delete all of the settings for 
all the at least the Apple stuff. It might lock oh, you out. It changes of- for, I tried it. It didn't do what I had hoped. My older iPad Pro is still way slower than it feels like it should be. Hmm. What I can tell you is it's not difficult to do, but you will do the first thing you'll notice, I feel like, when it comes up, you'll see that like, your background, um, your wallpaper. Right. The lock screen has changed. That's right. one of the things. Because I would assume that essentially anything under settings is going to go away. I feel like it kept me logged into most logged in things in third-party apps. But for example, it reset all of my location and notification stuff that I'm still like kind of catching up on those popping up. But I mean, so I have, there's several sides to this. Side number one is get a good backup via iTunes, please, with encryption. Right. Do that, you know, please don't just phone this in because uh, you never know when something's going to go wrong. You don't know when there's going to be a blip. But so the truth is that once you hit that big reset, yeah, I mean, once you've logged back into uh, your Apple iCloud whatever me.com type services. Once you're back into iCloud and iTunes store, you're going to have to reset up uh, Apple pay. Assume that all of that is going to be wiped. The truth is if you're prepared for that and you're a weirdo and have one password and all your information, it's not going to be that hard to recover. Don't do this before you get on a plane. What I would say is before, you know, this is the second to the last, you know, bottom of the line thing to do. But if you're really at sixes and sevens, uh, maybe on a weekend when you got some time, you could try this and see if it fixes your problem. And then what's the nuclear option? Um, well, I mean, I guess a nuclear option would be erase all content settings and start over too, again. Too soon, too soon. Yeah, I don't know. No, the nuclear option is restore your phone to factory settings. Oh, yeah. And just start completely over. Yeah. I mean, you know, one thing that people are always advising this and most people don't bother doing it because it's a little bit of a pain. But if you're having a problem on your Mac, um, it's worth, you know, yes, do a restart, do another restart, do a, whatever the, is a command R like do the, like, uh, what's it called? The thing, uh, recovery mode. Oh yeah. It's a command R. You do recovery mode where you can go in. It does an FSCK. You can check the drive, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Unplug and replug everything. The other thing we frequently recommend you do that is often very interesting, create a brand new account, user account on your Mac. Go try and do, if you can, what you were trying to do in your usual account and see if it worked in the other account. It's, I love that you made that <laughs> suggestion too, Merlin, and I'm, uh, because that is the kind of thing that people don't realize – that's a super easy way to test. Is there something like fundamentally wrong with this computer? Is there one character in a P list somewhere right. that has screwed up everything that I try to do on this one account? Well, you can go, if you go and do that on that other account, now you will at least be able to probably isolate whether it is a problem with your network. Is it a problem with your Mac or is it a problem with something software wise on your account, which most people don't think to look at? No, I love that tip. And I, I can give you a very quick story of something that happened to Please. me. I was having a problem where. Uh, anytime there was supposed to be an image thumbnail, you know, if you put an image on your desktop, for example, you should see a little thumbnail of uh, that image. That's just a standard thing. Now, I believe you can turn that off, but mine was turned on. And I find that to be useful, especially if you're dealing with lots of little images. And I ran into this problem when I was building the fireside image uploading thing so that I like to know that I was uploading an image and which one I was grabbing and I didn't care what the file name was. And without that, it was kind of weird. It was like, well, why aren't I seeing thumbnails? I couldn't figure this out. And what I did is exactly what you said, created a separate, uh, a separate account, brand new one, 
And it showed all the image thumbnails just fine. I said, well, there's got to be something different. And this allowed me to kind of dive in and figure out, it turned out it was, and this is not important, but it was the Dropbox uh, text extension or something like that. Oh, that I was going to guess uh, some corruption in Quick View. Yeah. Oh, that's, see, and oh, that's, that's what good. I thought. And I did all this troubleshooting for a Quick View. I rebuilt all these caches and purged all these other, and that never did anything. But I looked and eventually found, well, this isn't in the main account. It's only in this other one. And by deleting that and reinstalling it, it fixed the problem. But I never would have been able to figure that out if I hadn't gone through the trouble to create the other account and see like, what is supposed to be here? What am I supposed to be doing that's that's wrong? And I've heard of people actually transitioning. There was so much wrong with their other account that they actually just essentially migrated to the new account just by that. And I'll tell you something. <laughs> they that, just abandoned the account. They just abandoned it. One. Yeah. But I'll tell you something. There's there's a, a nice thing that's built into, um, into Mac OS that not a lot of people know about. If you go into your home folder, mine is just called Dan. The folder above that is called users. And inside of there, there is a shared folder. So users shared. Mm -hmm. Anything that you put in there can be accessed by all of the other user accounts. So that's a nice way. For better or for worse. For better or for worse. Usually for better, but be aware. Yeah, definitely be aware. But that's the kind of thing that if you are going to be changing accounts or you want to make something available to that other account that you're testing to try, just drop it right in the user folder, uh, shared folder rather, and, uh, and you can get access to it that way. That's a really good tip. Yeah, I mean, what's that phrase, um, that cliche, a little learning is a dangerous thing. Mm. I mean, being, being a little bit smart can, be, can really get in your own way because when you think about how you've traditionally tried to isolate a problem, well, you're isolating the problems the way you understand how problems get isolated. But it's nice to get to, if you can think sort of rationally about it and not just be running around clicking on a million things, it's nice to think about like, well, did I really, like for example, um, Sometimes, I know you're not an Apple Watch guy, but Apple Watch will work fine for unlocking your Mac until it doesn't. And it's happened often enough, and I've run through the iMore troubleshooting often enough, that I've learned to really look at, okay, for example, uh, it unlocks fine at work, but it stopped working on my laptop at home, which seems interesting. So what, what does that tell me? Well, it tells me there's something about the condition of what's happening at work that's different than the condition of what's happening at home. In this case, what it came down to is that now when that happens, I just know I need to restart that Mac. It's almost never the watch. It's usually the Mac. Mm. So you turn off all the radios, turn the radios back on. It still doesn't work. Just do a restart, and that fixes it. And now I know. And now I know that if I want that to start working again, I have to just restart the computer. That sounds silly, but like you could spend so long trying to debug the problem the way you want to solve it. Because you know you get a victory if you fix it this one way. Like, oh, I don't want to kill my, you know, I've had my, my uptime is like six months. I don't want to kill that. Like, there are people who think like that. Yes, I remember that in my Unix sysadmin days. Right, you'd be very proud of how long you've been up. Oh, like, yeah. Can I just log out? No, no, no. You got to do a full restart. But um, anyway, I just that's a, just a little bit of philosophy. Is that you know sometimes you got to think more like the device than like you. You know mm, what I'm saying? Yep. Which call way Homer. I think that's most of what I had. Speaking of comic book uh, movies, yes. Uh, in the hotel, I watched um, Constantine. Oh yeah, how was it? Keanu Reeves, isn't that? It was right. better than I remembered. I love that. I love when something's better than I expected. We watched. We uh, had a sleepover at a hotel for our daughter's birthday. Oh, fun! And we watched the Emoji movie. And my expect- <laughs> my expectations for that movie 
worse. It was first of all, it was terrible. Yeah. But my expectations were beyond. My, I thought it was going to be the most flesh crawlingly awful movie I've ever seen in my life, and it merely just sucked really bad. So I really enjoyed it. <laughs> Isn't it yeah. funny how expectations work? <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like this isn't the worst thing I've ever seen. It's almost that, but it's better than the worst. Yeah. Yay. Happy girls. <laughs> Have some pizza. <laughs> oh, Constantine. All right. And so are you recommending it? Well, I mean, recommending is a strong word, but you're not, yeah. de- you're not demanding that I don't watch it. I'm saying if 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 Constantine as a construct appeals to you, then mm-hmm. I think this movie was was pretty pretty good. It still did holds you see, up. Did you watch Atomic Blonde yet? Not yet. Hmm. Not yet. Not for the kids, but boy, is it good. Yeah. You know, it's the dude, one of the dudes from John Wick is the action guy on it. Have you seen John Wick 2? No, I got it. I haven't watched it yet. I want to hear if that's any good. I love John Wick. That is now right there. That's a terrific example of a movie where I was like, I was, when I heard John Wick and heard about the concept of it, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. But boy, it really nailed what it was trying to do. Yeah, it really does. And I don't, I don't generally like like action shooting <laughs> action movies. revenge movies. yeah but this was great <laughs> yeah the body count's so high though it's so fun that's cool i'll check it out constantine and while you check it out this. i'll tell you about squarespace hey i knew you were gonna bring me a squarespace. squarespace squarespace create a beautiful website you can take your idea and you can make it into a cool website it's a place you can go to showcase your work you can blog you can sell products and services you can promote your your business you might have a special event that's coming up. Like Merlin, you could do a Squarespace for the two cats comics meetups that you do just for that's that. That's a really good idea. I should do that at MerlinM.com slash meetup. Yeah. That's a really good idea. Are you saying I could have directions right on the page? You could. I could like have the location of map. I could, I could have suggested no, uh, no, no, no. I you, like. like. That would take programming. You'd have to know uh, code to do that. I see. You got to get CSS. That's right. <sighs> Is there a walkthrough? A how-to mm-hmm. guide to do CSS. No, you don't need any of that, right? Because it's Squarespace. It's all drag and drop. You want to add a map, you just click a little thing. Boom, now you get a map. I got a Squarespace story. I want to hear it. Oh, my God. I haven't had reason to start a new Squarespace site in quite a while. Um, my daughter, I bought my daughter some domain names. Uh, well, she's paying me for it, but like she bought some domain names for projects. And, uh, and I thought, okay, this is good. This would be good use for Squarespace. So I went in and I started a new account. I'm on the trial right now. You know what I've never done before? I mean, I know they offer domain names through uh, Squarespace, which I've done before, but the, I happen to buy these with another company. Have, have you done this? This is so insane. You go into Squarespace and you say, click on domains, and you say, okay, uh, there's, this, uh, there's this domain that I want. Basically, it can kind of have handshake with that provider. It puts this nonce string into the DNS records. You correctly identify what that string is, and it automatically does the entire thing for you. I'm not describing this super well. You do not have to go in and enter a bunch of fields. All you have to do is basically approve of the handshake between these services, and boom, your website is up. I love that. It was it was mind boggling. So clever, Squarespace. Done. Squarespace. Sorry. So they made a special URL. Squarespace. Well, it's not a special. It's a regular URL. Mm-hmm. Squarespace.com. But but when but, you go there, unless you use the back to work code, all one word, to save ten percent off your first purchase. Of the so website this, or it's the your domain. show? Is that it? No, back to work. One word. Back to work. Back to one work. One word. One word. Back to work. Back to work. One word. I actually visited Squarespace in New York City, mm. and uh, they have one of those fancy pants 
employee cafeteria things, but they got like real good food coming out of it. They actually, oh, coincidentally, man. they had barbecue that day. They deserve it. They work so hard there. They do. I mean, you know, by Manhattan standards. Yeah, I mean, that's... Yeah. Well, that's taking his red. <laughs> really? New York? It's a hell of a service, and I, I love how little I have to use it. So with my kids' thing, it was easy to set that up. You go in, and ask, it prompts you to pick one of their gorgeous themes, one of their templates. You pick it, and it's just so great. I just I love not touching CSS anymore. It makes me so happy. I don't ever want to touch CSS. I mean, it's cool. It's a fun game. It's kind of like doing a 5,000-piece puzzle that you can't ever really put together. <laughs> but it, it is, it's, got its, it's got its benefits, but I am more than happy to let somebody else do it. Yeah. I mean, I'm interested in the idea of how fossil fuels get out of the ground and turn into a way to drive to Safeway, but I'm really glad I don't have to do that myself. Yes. And shame on you for having a car in the first place. Squarespace. What? There you go. Squarespace, they've been with us for years, and I'm a fan. Go. And here's the thing. Let's do our monthly announcement. You know, Squarespace may or may not be right for you. I would challenge you to go and do the free trial just to go look at what's in there because you might be surprised, even how much even easier it has gotten to use. But please, when it comes up and your non-nerd friends want some help with a web presence, please remember Squarespace. You do not want to be in the webmaster business. You don't want your friends beholden to some weirdo social network that might just go away someday. Uh, Get them a Squarespace site. It's so easy. It's so affordable. And uh, it's gorgeous. Squarespace. 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 Bok, bok. Bok, bok. Don't they have a tagline I want you to read? Squarespace. Squarespace. Make it your own. Squarespace. <laughs> Very zen. Yes. Oh, I like that. I'm here in my zen garden. Yeah. Zenning out. Yeah. Okay, well, let's button this up. All right. Okay, I love you. Love you too, my man. It's got-